0: Good morning. So my name is Matt. I'm uh, one of the associate pastors here at the church. I thought I would take us in a little bit different of a direction. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles handy, you can open up there. Uh, If you're online, uh, thanks for joining us and worshiping with us today. We miss you. Uh, For those of you who are worshiping from home because you've been exposed to COVID or you have COVID or uh, you're just not sure, Thank you for worshiping from home uh, and keeping those of us here safe. And and we, gosh, are praying that you are safe and healthy and recover quickly. And so, kind of my thinking is as we're starting the third year of this pandemic, things seem to be getting a little crazy again, right? Like, how many of you guys have noticed that things are getting a little crazier? Uh, Like, how many of you guys have tried to buy a COVID test recently? right? Like that's impossible. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Now, right now, um, my son is four. He's in preschool. And since he started back in preschool, he's done what all kids like take from preschool, which is illnesses. Uh, And so he has been coming home since summer every once in a while with like a cold or a sniffle, which means we're running out for a COVID test. And so right now, uh, with COVID tests so hard to find, that's becoming quite the challenge. And we were actually exposed to COVID just before Christmas. We managed to secure some tests from my sister. And then right after uh, Christmas, um, my son brought home a sniffle. So I'm like, oh, gosh, now I have to go get a, a COVID test. And so I'm hunting one down, and I'm just not finding it. I'm running out to CVS. I go to multiple CVSs. And while I'm out there, I call Rite Aid to see if they have one. And like nobody has a COVID test. So then I'm on DoorDash, which is like normally where you like get your groceries, right? Or not groceries, it's like where you order fast food to show up to your house. And they have a COVID test for $100. $100. And Here's the thing, I had a job to do. (laughs) I was supposed to be involved in the worship service like the next day. So I was like, I'm gonna pay for this COVID test. That's $100 and I'm gonna see. So I paid for the $100 COVID test. Uh, And you know, in there they say like, do you want any substitutions? And I was like, you only have one COVID test. So no, uh, I want this $100 COVID test. And while the DoorDash delivery guy is out there hunting down this COVID test for me, I continue to go to CVS's. come up dry totally dry. So I'm on my way home defeated, and I look at the app, and the app says that the DoorDash delivery guy is on his way. He found a test for me. It was so exciting. And then I take a closer look at it. It's an ovulation test. (laughs) Like, not helpful at all. Like, I do not need an ovulation test. That is not going to tell me anything, uh, but that's what I got. I got an ovulation test, and then I got to spend some time uh, calling DoorDash customer support and getting a refund. Luckily, the ovulation test was refunded, and it didn't cost $100, Um, but I have it. So if anybody needs it, you can go talk to my wife, um, and we will give it to you for free. Uh, So things are getting a little crazy right now. And one of the reasons why COVID tests are so hard to find is because um, everybody's catching like colds and flus, right? Like this is just normal January illnesses that we're all catching. And we got to verify whether it's COVID or not. Otherwise, we have to be on quarantine. And so... All these tests are just flying out of the store, and I saw an article on uh, some news website that said, at this point in time, because COVID tests are so hard to come by, that if you have any symptoms, you should just assume that you have COVID, which sounds great until you realize that everybody you come in contact with now also needs to assume that you have COVID, which means we're all just on quarantine, which is why there's like 20 people in the room this morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining me. Um, So... We all have COVID, is what we've learned, or we're supposed to all assume that, and um, our lives are kind of crazy. Now, when you tell me that it's my job to diagnose me with something, I'm I'm all for that, because I've actually been practicing self-diagnosis for a really long time. Um, how many of you guys are self-diagnosers? Like, yes, okay, there's some of us. So I don't know about you, but I got my medical degree from Google. Uh, yes, I'm an internet doctor of medicine. Um, I'm a specialist, actually. I'm really good at it. Like, really, really good at Googling symptoms and determining that I'm going to die of like Ebola in, like, two days. Uh, that's that's uh, a spiritual gift of mine. Um, except it's really not, because every time I thought I was dying, um, I wasn't. <laughs> um, I'm actually really bad at self-diagnosis, but I'm going to ignore that. There, there was one time where... Um, I made a diagnosis of myself, and I determined that I was fine, but uncomfortable. So it was two days before my wedding. Uh, Tracy and I have been married now for like seven and a half years. And two days before my wedding, I developed like a painful swollen lump. And I was like, hmm, not good, but like, I can ignore it. Except it was really painful, like really painful. And so I did something that I hadn't done in like a decade, which was I went and I made a doctor's appointment. Uh, And so I went and I saw the doctor the morning of the wedding rehearsal. So the day before the wedding. And I go in there and the doctor's like evaluating me. And something that I've learned is, you know, like your GP, your general physician, they're not specialists, so they don't know everything. So it's their job to refer you out to, to specialists a lot of the time. And so she's evaluating me and she wants me to do an ultrasound because she thinks it might be something serious, like maybe cancer. And I'm like, nope. I don't got time for an ultrasound. I have Googled my symptoms. This is not anything serious. Like, come on. Um, And so she and I negotiate and she decides to take my medical advice and recommendation and we compromise and she schedules the ultrasound for the Monday after the honeymoon. Perfect. Other than the fact that I'm like still in pain. So I um, also have a degree from Google for pharmacology. uh, And so I self medicated with Tylenol and Ibuprofen, nothing, nothing too hard, uh, but that wasn't gonna be good enough, and it wasn't good enough. So then I went to Whole Foods and I became um, like an herbalist, a uh, naturalist, and um, Arnica gel as well. So I'm now doing like all kinds of medical treatments to like, take care of the pain, and it worked. Like, honestly, it it worked, Um, eventually. By the time of the wedding, pain-free. And you could say that it was just, like, adrenaline, that, like, Matt, you're, like, just so excited to be, like, marrying the love of your life, uh, that this is just adrenaline. Um, But it wasn't, because we did have a gorgeous wedding um, with my beautiful bride. um, And it was a day that I'll never forget. Um, And, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, We had three hundred and fifteen of our closest friends and family there <laughs> it was like a church event it was awesome I uh, just so much love and joy in there and it was like this culmination of really a year of, of joy um, so that was way fun and then we had a fantastic honeymoon that was awesome and pain-free um, like no complaints and so then I came home and I had that ultrasound scheduled for that Monday after I came home right and doing what all good Doctors from Google would do, they blew off the ultrasound appointment because I was pain-free, right? Like, if you're pain-free, why waste the ultrasound text time? So I didn't go in. And that was a bad idea. <laughs> it was a really bad idea because the pain came back. It was like God was like, hey, here's a wedding gift for you. We're gonna make the pain go away for about a week or so. And then I blew off the ultrasound appointment, and God was like, bad idea, dude. Like you, you need to go. And I was like, I defeated this once before with Arnica gel and Tylenol and ibuprofen. So I'm going to do it again, except it didn't work. In fact, more symptoms developed. And I was starting to feel a little bit like Job, just like all kinds of plagues were infecting my body. And so eventually I broke down. I called up the doctor. I was like, hey, I blew off that ultrasound appointment. I know you totally think that's a good thing that I did, uh, but maybe I need it after all. Um, and so the doctor was like, you know what, instead of an ultrasound appointment, I'm going to send you to a specialist. Cool. I'll see a specialist and she and I can agree on a diagnosis. um, and we'll, we'll move on from there. So she's examining me and, um, this examination was not fun. And at one point she applies pressure and I like leap off of the table. Like I've just never been in so much pain. It was not fun. And she's like, you know, I, I think you may have cancer. And I was like, nope, I don't have cancer. I've Googled my symptoms. This is not cancer. <laughs> You're crazy. Um, and so she's like, you know what? I'd like you to do uh, some blood labs, and I'd like you to have an ultrasound, because if this is cancer, this is kind of serious. And I was like, okay. Like, I will humor you, and then when this isn't cancer, we can talk about what this actually is. I have some ideas. So... I did the ultrasound. This is me right before the ultrasound, like making like a face like, are you kidding me? Why am I here? Like that's legitimately my thought process. I was so sure that this was nothing that I didn't have my wife join me. Like I just went in there alone. Like we're just entertaining doctors at this point in time. And so I did the ultrasound and it was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, and then my specialist came in and I was like, what are you doing here? Like, Talk about, like, good customer service, Kaiser Santa Clara. Like, here's the is coming down rather than, like, waiting for this report. And she, she took the report, and she wanted it read, like, right away. Like, awesome. I didn't have to wait for this ultrasound report to say that I was fine. Except I wasn't. <laughs> she came back in and told me that I had cancer.
1: I was married for just over two weeks and was diagnosed with cancer.
0: Like, that is not the newlywed experience that any of us would hope for. And I was alone because I was so confident that I was fine. I had my wife waiting at home for me. She was actually visiting with a cousin of hers. So here I am, alone, being told that I have cancer and that my cancer was like an aggressive type enough that they don't like to let the sun set on it. And I had let two weeks go by. Now, she also said that this was the kind of cancer that you want to get. Like, if you're going to get a cancer, this is one of the cancers that you want to get. But that wasn't really reassuring, particularly after two weeks of, like, sitting on it and not doing anything. And the whole thing was kind of surreal. Like, I'd say it was an out-of-body experience, other than the fact that the pain in my body was significant enough that I was pretty grounded in my body. And I remember making it out to my car and driving home, and, like, just processing, and, like, waves of emotion were, like, going over me, like... It can't be cancer I googled it um, or like oh my gosh this is cancer like I could die and suddenly like just the emotions are catching up to me and I hadn't really processed it yet I was like numb from this diagnosis and then it just hits me and I find myself crying at Lawrence Expressway in Bollinger just crying and out of nowhere like honestly it was it was a holy spirit prompting out of nowhere this song bubbles up within me
1: i surrender all i surrender all all to thee my blessed savior i surrender all like i don't know if i'm gonna make it i don't know
0: what like how bad this cancer has spread i don't know what treatment's going to be
1: like i don't know What my life's going to look like? How do I tell my bride that I have cancer? And so
0: the song like administers to me. I, I pull myself together. I get home. Tracy's actually still visiting with her cousin, and I did a little bit of theater in high school, and I'm a darn good actor because I pulled myself together enough that like I acted like everything was fine. Like we chit chatted with her cousin for a little bit. Her cousin left, and then I got to tell her. And that was not fun. The next day, they scheduled a CT scan for me uh, to determine how far the cancer had spread throughout my body. Now, this cancer uh, spreads through the lymph, uh, lymphatic system, and that's partly why it can spread so fast. It just it goes. Um, and it'll eventually go up to your brain. You develop brain cancer. It's, it's really ugly. And we didn't know how, how bad it had spread. So this CT scan was supposed to show me. So Tracy came with me um i did my best to put on a brave face here's me drinking a really gross solution that they're using as contrast to help them identify kind of where all the cancer is in my body i had to drink that whole thing it was gross um, but i i did a pretty good job of putting on a brave face and kind of being you know making a joke out of it and then they brought me into the back they put me into a gown and tracy wasn't allowed to come with me so i was all alone And as I'm like changing into this gown, and then as I'm like sitting out waiting for the CT scan,
1: the fear just starts to bubble up inside of me again. And it's not just like fear, it's like despair. I was so alone. So alone and so afraid.
0: And I knew that God was good, but I also know that sometimes God's good plans are not my idea of good. i did not want to have cancer i did not want it to be serious i was afraid that i was going to die i was afraid that i was going to ruin her life i was just afraid just terrified and i started to sob and i I don't cry all that often but i was sobbing just sobbing back there all alone it's a really terrible plan um like they, they need to figure out how they do that so here i am just sobbing now, I have a couple of different people in my life who are, who are prayer warriors for me, who I'll, who I'll reach out to, and so I grab my phone, and I text my aunt, and it was like a super melodramatic text. It's like, I'm waiting for a CT scan, it's going to tell me that I'm dying, and I'm all alone. <laughs> like, poor woman. <laughs> like, she got that kind of text from me. Um, and surprisingly, that did not make me feel better, <laughs> uh, to reach out and know that she was praying for me. Um, and so as I'm, as I'm sobbing back there and, and kind of embarrassed that I'm just sobbing, the Spirit speaks to me again. The Spirit tells me Matthew chapter 8. Like, I'm just drawn to read Matthew chapter 8. And so I pull out my phone, and through the tears, I, I read this passage. Now, I'm pretty familiar with Scripture. Um, by that point in time, I was still in seminary. Um, but I couldn't tell you in that moment what was in Matthew chapter 8. I just knew that I was, I was drawn to it by, the, by God. This is what it says. This is how it starts. It says, When he, this being Jesus, came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leopard came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched
1: out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Lord, if you will, You can make me clean. You can make
0: this CT scan show up clean. I kept reading. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly.
1: And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come
0: under my roof but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go and he goes into another, come and he comes. And to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, Many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
1: And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed in that very moment. The chapter continues with Jesus healing many people.
0: He cast out demons he calms a storm. So here I was sobbing, expecting to die, feeling totally alone, and Jesus shows up. He just shows up. He shows up through the nudging of the Holy Spirit. He shows up through the pages of Scripture.
1: And he doesn't just show up, he reminds me, he's in control. He is sovereign. My
0: fate was not going to be determined by this scan. My fate was in his hands. He has authority over demons. He has authority over nature. He
1: has authority over illnesses and disease. When Jesus calms the storm in raging seas, his disciples marveled, saying, what son of man is this? that even winds and seas obey him. Matthew chapter 8 has one underlying
0: message. It's really the author of Matthew making a point in this chapter that Jesus is God. Authority over natural disasters, authority over demons, authority
1: over illnesses, authority over his disciples. Jesus is God. God. Now, of course, I knew that. But how powerful was it to have that reminder from the pages of Scripture in front of me?
0: Now, I also knew that just because Jesus was God doesn't mean that He intended to heal me. I knew that good and faithful people are sent through trials. I had gone through some already.
1: And despite the fervent prayers of many, people do end up dying. It's important to know that while Jesus is God,
0: while he's sovereign over all, his sovereign power and his sovereign will
1: are different. Jesus is absolutely able to heal. But the question becomes, is he willing to heal? Here in Matthew 8, he's willing over and over and over again.
0: later when the Apostle Paul laments the thorn in his flesh that he just wants
1: God to take away. It's not in God's will to remove that thorn from Paul. Why? So that Paul, that you and me, would know Jesus' strength and his sufficiency. So that through Paul's weakness, through your weakness, through my weakness, Jesus' strength and glory would be on full display. A principle that I learned to embrace in this season of cancer was that Jesus knows what is good for us and what will glorify him, and sometimes his idea of what's good for me is not my idea. But in the middle of our storms, Jesus is going to be there. Jesus is going to be right there in that boat with us. And this is different than saying that
0: all the storms in our lives will end soon. Right? Like COVID has now gone on for two plus
1: years. It's been a long time. Many of us are worshiping at home because of it. A lot of the storms in our life we just wish would go away. Just go away.
0: The CT scan showed that I had cancer. Luckily, it didn't really progress. I had had low-stage cancer, which was a blessing. I wasn't miraculously healed in that waiting room, at least not that I know of, but I was miraculously comforted by a good
1: God who was in control, who was with me, sitting beside me COVID might not end this week might not end this year the trials in your life your health
0: issues your cancer your your marriage struggles might continue to be a struggle but as a believer you can be confident that you are never alone you're never alone God Himself in Jesus will be with you in whatever boat you find yourself in. His power and His presence will see you through your trials. You are safe in the presence of the one who has
1: ultimate authority over all. And I believe that God's going to use your trials for good. I remember after my diagnosis and after my surgery,
0: but before my chemotherapy started, I needed to go stand in front of. uh, church where i was working at the time and tell them like hey guys thanks for celebrating my wedding a couple weeks ago i'm gonna be gone for like another couple of months um and i i remember wanting to like convey like that message basically like we have a good god like he intends this cancer for my good and for his glory and i'm leaning into that and i believed it i also was scared like both were true in me at the same time and I, I climbed up into the pulpit and I made this announcement and I, I really did it like I thought a pretty good job of being like don't worry about me like Jesus and I have got this it's gonna be okay and I wasn't really allowing myself to grieve in that moment and in that church they they did this thing uh, called uh, like prayer of the people and so as I sat down uh, an elder in our church came forward and he, he climbed into the pulpit and he had only found out like just a little bit before the service
1: started, what I was going to do and where he was going in the service. And he got up there and he cried. Like his prayer was just the prayer that I wouldn't allow myself to pray in that moment. He grieved where I couldn't in that moment. And that was God using my cancer for good. Because the church
0: family were supposed to be here for one another like just like jesus doesn't leave us alone we're not to leave one another alone we're to be a family and so here was this man coming alongside me alongside our congregation and just being so honest and
1: caring and compassionate towards me and i think about it still to this day like i am so grateful for that man there's other ways that god used that cancer to be good in our lives sometimes when you are like a professional pastor or a
0: minister you're really good at taking care of other people but not so good at receiving care we had to receive care like deacons came and visited my house elders came and visited my house my pastor came and visited my house it was really weird but also really kind i was the one sending out prayer requests asking for prayers for me and the congregation prayed for me continually we had people grocery shop for us i didn 't even know about that until months later. Something else that i didn 't know about was as I was going through this whole like surgery and diagnosis thing there was a woman who was working in that uh, working at Kaiser um, where I was having the surgery, um, who worshiped with us at our church and her job was scheduling like o r so she would schedule like the rooms but also the personnel and so she identified uh, who my surgeon was. Um, and she um, who was also my specialist she put in all the right people but she went to my specialist and she said you have to take good care of him
1: because he's mine the specialist looked at her and said he's gonna be okay I wish that I had the faith that he
0: had when I was going through cancer so like in my little like interactions with this woman where honestly I was not feeling very faithful at all I was scared God used whatever this woman saw in me, whatever he was doing through me, to reveal his glory, to reveal that when I was feeling so alone, I had a good God right there with me. So here was this unbelieving woman, a doctor, a scientist, who was recognizing the power of God in my life and identifying it as being something that would carry me through and so when she looked at my friend and said i wished that i had the faith that he had my friend responded you can
1: you can it was a gospel opportunity because i had cancer other weird things showed up like things that you wouldn't
0: expect Uh, when i was meeting with my oncologist once he brought up the book of job Um, which isn't a really comforting book, Um, if you read it. Like, there's a lot of suffering in there. Um, But he and I had a conversation about the book of Job and a theology of suffering and the goodness of God. What? Like, what a a gift in the midst of, you know, trying to figure out all my health issues to take five, ten minutes aside
1: and talk about Job. There's a lot of other, like, really cool moments that just came up for which I'm grateful.
0: Now, I don't wish cancer on anybody. And while I'm grateful that my cancer treatment was relatively easy um, and and quick,
1: it's still a gift. Not a gift that I I really want, but it's still a gift. About once or twice a year, every year, I have another cancer
0: scare. Pain comes back. I go in to determine, like, is this it? (laughs) Uh, Is it back? Am I going to have to go through whatever God has for me next?
1: I'm really aware of how fragile life is in those moments. I'm really aware of what's important. I think what's important is my wife, our kids, my faith, telling people about the goodness of God. Most recently, I went in just before Christmas. I had been ignoring it for like a month because...
0: I just knew that it was going to be fine, but the anxiety was kind of building. I was like, I just got to know. Like, if this is it, I just have to know. And so on my Christmas, I got uh, sorry on my birthday, uh, just before Christmas, I got another clean test. So I'm now seven years clean of cancer, um, which is a miracle. They don't expect it to come back, um, and it's just something that I get to live with and that God gets to use in my life to kind of continually remind me of just my dependence on
1: Him, uh, but also of of His faithfulness and of the gift of life. As we're looking at starting our third year of COVID, here's some encouragement that I want to just share with you from my story. You need to be in Scripture. You need to read Scripture because Scripture will minister to you.
0: Scripture will minister to you. I didn't know what was in Matthew 8. I probably did subconsciously. But the Holy Spirit did, and he prompted me to read it. As you read scripture, as you become familiar with it, as you go through trials
1: and suffering because life is full of it, that scripture will bubble back up to the surface and it will encourage you. So read scripture for today
0: to enjoy your relationship with Christ, but also for
1: down the road where you need to be reminded of the presence of Jesus. Believe in a big God. Like, believe in a big God.
0: Don't fall for the lie that you're in control. You're not. And you don't want to be in control.
1: The person who created the universe, the person who created you is in control. That's the person we want to trust, right? When you believe in a big sovereign God, you're able to face big trials in your life. And then the third thing that I would want to leave you with is to really commit yourself to the fellowship of believers we are not meant to do this alone
0: christianity the christian faith is not a solo sport it's a team sport we need one another to encourage one another to pick us up when we fall down to remind us of the goodness of god to grieve with one another to celebrate with one another the year that the church uh, kind of was celebrating Tracy and mine's engagement as we were pr- approaching, like, our wedding was really special and really fun. Just, you know, all the normal wedding stuff. But the months that we did with cancer, I felt a similar amount of love from our congregation, similar amount of love from that church. I'm so grateful for those people. So one of the best things that you can do is to plug into the life of the church worship with us on sunday mornings join a community group serve rub shoulders know each other love one another see one another through
1: hard times see one another through joyous times be a family the church is supposed to be a family that takes care of one another as we're talking about being a family together, uh, Gria, uh,
0: who's also home this morning, he has a video message for us. So I wanna turn things over to Gria via video right now as he shares with us the opportunity that we have to be
1: in community groups together, uh, to learn God's word, to be, to be family. So I'll turn it over to Gria. Good morning, church. I uh, I want to speak with you today a little bit about community groups
2: and community groups at Neighborhood Bible Church. And uh, you know, as I was about to come upstairs and prep for uh, for what I was going to say, um, I noted to my oldest daughter that I'm going upstairs. Hey, Lauren, I'm going upstairs, and I'm going to talk on community. Uh, she noted that was a little bit ironic, right? That I'm doing a, a, a little talk on community groups over video um however yes like that is a little bit different i i agree but community doesn't stop when zoom turns on or whatever video conferencing might might be going on um for example as i was preparing one of uh i was texting with one of my community group members and uh and he ended up he's bringing my family a meal since we're all uh going through some various stages of covid which is what i'm doing some video and not in person um you know, and as a community group, we've been praying and supporting one another since. I'm not the only one uh, whose family is working through COVID right now, and so uh, yes, not in person yet, not out of community. And uh, and you know that that's I think about that that's part of growth for all of us, right? To to be able to to serve uh to be able to be served that's hard for some people is to, to allow themselves to be served you know and to pray for one another uh this kind of thing really helps us to experience christian family and uh and christian unity and it's really hard to do unless you are around other people and uh at an mbc you know not only or oh, we were on other people on Sunday mornings when you know when we meet in uh, and, and worship together as part of um, our Sunday morning services, but also during the week we meet for community groups. So um I'm gonna spend a little bit of time just to touch on some verses some Bible verses that apply to community and um, and are really hard to do if you're by yourself and um, and then I'm going to just have a call to action for all of us and uh, and then that will be that'll be my time so <coughs> excuse me so some some verses that apply to community uh James 5:16 says therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working so on that one on on James 5:16 um, it's really hard to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another unless you are with one another right and, I would, and uh and so that's there's there's one verse you know that that you know that we're encouraged to do where you have to be with you know with one another in order to do it proverbs twenty seven seventeen says Iron sharpens iron and man sharpens another Um, So if you're going to sharpen somebody else if, um, you know, I'm not a metallurgist, but uh, but, you know, you're going to sort of strike sort of iron against iron and, um, you know, and and sharpen that. And so that same analogy being used for uh, men and or women sort of sharpening one another, again, you can't do that unless you're interacting, unless you're together. There's there's a really deep importance there um, in our growth when we're together and pushing each other um matthew eighteen twenty says where two or three gather in my name there i am with them so there's uh so so certainly um god is with us when we're by ourselves and and praying and reading his word and, and you know in the day-to-day but there is something special uh called out here in matthew eighteen twenty, where there's you know two or more gathered in god's name in his name and god is there in that in a in a different and special way that that would not that's perhaps different when you're by yourself. Again, something that that's powerful and doable in community. Um, the last verse I will uh, I'll, I'll call out, but of course there are, there are so many of these. Um, is in Hebrews 10 24 to twenty five, and and this says, "Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as are the, in the habit of doing. Sorry, as some are in the habit of doing." but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What a great verse. This verse is often used in its applicability towards meeting together, even Sunday mornings. Um, But I'll I'll use it for community groups too, right? Like, It's hard to, like, you want to be able to spur one another on towards loving good deeds. Don't give up meeting together. Um, Encourage one another. These are the kinds of things that as the day of the Lord approaches, which is, Closer now than it was yesterday, and then it was a hundred years ago. So that day is approaching. Let's let's spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And uh, you know, and a great way to do this is yes, on Sunday morning, but also through community groups and through whatever other ways and means you might be in community with one another. Um, so those were some of the verses: uh, James five sixteen, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, Matthew eighteen twenty. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, for those that are taking notes. Um, and, uh, and of course, like, like I was, like I mentioned before, there are, there are more. Um, so moving on now from, from the, those verses to our, our theme this year for our community groups that, that Dave has been, has been talking about is, is this visual or this idea of bringing it in. Uh, and that refers to maybe a, uh, you know, a, a soccer team or a football team, you know, football playoffs coming up um you know go go Niners uh I know there are many Cowboys fans and other fans out there but I'm just you know go Niners um anyway it's this idea of to bring in that theme is this idea of you know we're going to get our team together we're going to talk about what we're going to do we're going to figure out our play but then we go out and actually run that play right we go out and we do and we go out into the world and so this idea for our community groups is you know you bring it in you're together you're sharpening each other you're drawing one another you're pushing each other towards god so that way when you are in the world right you can run the play right you can run god's play hopefully more effectively because you've been together in a in a community group and uh, and so for me so for me personally i've been in a community group for a while now um and at various times in my life i think back to um the newlywed Stage the community group that that was you know, for Jamie and I really provided a second family and uh, and support as we we're going through that phase of life. We happen to be living away from our from our parents and uh, you know and, and either family, but but our community group was our second family. It was our extended family. It was just a really great time um, to you know to to be close with Christian families and have support and grow together. Um, later on, you know, we were a part of a community group on various community groups with, with young families. And again, that provided, you know, a different kind of support. Um, and, you know, we've experienced various community groups along the years. Nowadays, um, I'm part of a, a men's only community group. Um, and, uh, and, you know, pretty awesome conversations and community that we have there. And, and I mentioned all that to say, um, you know, that's, I've experienced that over the course of my life so far. At and at, at neighborhood Bible church, we have all those kinds of community groups. Um, we have for various stages, various combinations, uh, various you know, demographics, etc. So there's, there's likely something there for for everyone. Um, <clears throat> and so I just want to um, end with just calling each one of us to to fellowship, calling each one of us to to one another. Right. So first and foremost, that fellowship is with God. Um, but then I think it's showing up in community with our families, uh, and with our community groups. So if you're not involved, um, it's really a great way to, to love one another and to live in community. I would, I would ask that you would consider, and not just consider, I would ask that you, that you go and you take the next step, uh, and look on our website. You can talk to myself or any of the pastors. We can point you to various community group options and know that you're not sort of you're not signing your life away right you can there's, there's very little barrier to entry um and it's also fairly easy to exit as well and so you can you know you can just give a community group a shot and uh we have on ramps this this sunday would be you know one such on ramp or it makes sense to um you know, to just join a community group but really you can join anytime. time um <clears throat> and then we also have off ramps like uh you know over the summer community groups stop and you know in various other ways um to you know to bow out to, so there's very little pressure so to you know to enter an and exit, so just give one a shot uh, I think you have a lot to gain um and really um uh, and and you know nothing to lose and uh i'll i'll leave with i'll leave you with one last example again i was I was talking to my uh to my daughter as we're going for a walk and uh, and I asked you know what what's what do you think is our most precious resource um, and so we you know we're talking and my answer to that is uh, it's time time is our most precious resource right if you no matter what you do you only have so much time here on earth and then you have eternity um, various other resources you can get more or less of but time is limited no matter where you are so I would say the question is how well are you and am I using my time? That's a good life question in general. But I would say that if you're not using it at least partly to be in a community group, I'd say that's a really high value way to use your time because the benefits will really pay off. And uh, I think it'll be a great way to bring you closer to God, closer to one another, uh, and to help live out the one another that we're called in the Bible. And uh, so, that's it from from me. I wish uh, for those that are sort of working through through COVID and their in their families. I pray for um, for healing, and um, and just for God to um, to just know that to, to know His peace, um, and to know that He is with us through uh, through this time. And we'll see you all in person. Uh, I think for me next
1: week. All right. Thank you.